redefining the kings and queens of Kenya sports scene. This is the Forza Review Show with your host DX and DY. Haribu. Yeah. So welcome back. Uh, excuse. Welcome back, DX. So how's your week? My week. Um, okay. It's uh-huh. chill. Nothing much, eh? Nothing much. Yeah, it's been a torrid week though in Nairobi. Yeah. It's been one of those things. Oh, uh, wow. wow. I, I, I know we wouldn't even try or even attempt to get into it because if we did, we wouldn't finish. We would this not finish these conversations. But yes, we agree that consent has to be given, given at and any given time. And gender-based violence is not is tolerated in any sphere, in any place in the world, and mostly in our country, Kenya. Kenya. Yeah. So tell me, this week, what are we, you know, uh, before we even discuss and say who we are discussing today, uh, I've, I've just realized that we've, there's so many amazing podcasts in Nairobi and podcasts that you'd not imagine. Like the guys we're about to discuss would never have yeah. thought. Like, yeah, and also they started quite recently, mm. right? Yeah, 2020. 20. 2019, they have some episodes for 2019, but it's like they really picked up in 2020. Mm. And it's it's amazing to see that many people want to drive conversations, you know, about Africa, Mm. about taking pride in who we are, Mm. about investments and growing Africa business-wise and technology. It's just amazing to see that. And, And the fact that they are centered, not just in the tech, but in the changes that are happening in the African space. And they are in well-to-do positions in their, in their careers. Mm-hmm. So they have um, experience because they're HR specialists. Yeah. Yeah. So you can hear whatever conversations they have. Uh, it's, it's, an, it's an accrued knowledge from experience they've had and the people they've met and the companies they've worked for. And what is the progression of change that is taking place in Africa during this very, very pandemic. Yeah, that's interesting to hear. Mm. And with a, without any further ado, we will introduce today's podcast that we're reviewing. And it is the African Retooled podcast mm-hmm. by the hosts, mm-hmm. Chris and Martin. Yes. Do you have the tools to face the future? Welcome to African Retooled. A podcast where Chris and Martin, two African recruiters, will explore the changing world of work. Where students come to learn and gain insights into the world of work, discover how they can continue to tool themselves with skills of the future. Where managers will explore with us how to confidently navigate the complexities of future work in order to be key disruption agents and remain competitive where CEOs, business owners come to understand the evolution of work, allowing them to leverage on emerging roles and remain competitive and achieve their objectives. As in, one of, I I liked, one of the episodes, they actually did it. Um, They described why, if you look at their logo, they have uh, an African map. map as though it is a light bulb. And it's lit. And they say it's, they wanted to be able to learn or speak of the great things that are happening within or the changes that are taking place within the continent and take away the narrative that we are the dark continent. Yeah. Africa is lit, y'all. So yeah, yeah. 
it's good that there's people who are focusing on this. Mm. So they approach it from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And one of my very favorite segments mm. is where they talk to the leaders. Mm. So they get leaders from different uh, businesses, mostly mm. Kenyan businesses. Yeah, actually. as in first and foremost, let's just say the first few episodes, Sinaweza kukanganya. As in, where? In fact, I was in a business class. And I was doing, I was back in school and I'm seeing B2B and B2C. I was like, whoa. I need to, I need to grab something and get to understand what is happening. But um, the... The first few episodes to me were very, like, centered towards experts in yeah. certain fields yeah and so if you're not an expert in, in that, that field, field and you happen to stumble on that episode you'll get a bit mm. lost true and you won't know like granted you will grasp a few things mm. like for example i listened to the one where they were talking about lawyers mm-hmm. and how law has changed mm. in this current world mm. and what role technology whatsapp mm. and information mm. and data has mm. played into law mm. in the common world mm. so it's interesting no, to it is. listen to but like it, it just I means not, you need to because yeah, I, I enjoyed it so. I, I enjoyed the one that you talked about I think it was B2B and what we wanted to do is start off with the B2B sales uh-huh. B2B sales is, is 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 different from B2C which is business to consumer and this one we're talking about is business to business so we want to see so does this sales job honestly a job that requires this relationships that uh, a job that is a high stakes uh, in terms of the engagement will it change really in the next 10 years and do salespeople need to actually be, be worried about their careers this job will disrupt b2b sales will be data driven enabled by digital tools underpinned by advanced analytics well it does look like it's going to transform quite a bit <laughs> where they were discussing banking and i remember back in the day eh, when i started working eh you know, the, you had these bankers who'd come next to your company mm-hmm. to just give you and yeah. sell you, you know, the, the loans, the investments, investment, the um, insurance policies. Loans, yeah. uh, and you see, they've said those positions are no longer required mm-hmm. in the banking industry. And, and they, they bring to light, I think they give it a good base though, that industries as they were have completely changed in this day and age. Yeah. And we need to stop thinking or looking at um, employment or careers according to what they, we were sold because we saw our fathers do it. Yeah. So if your father was a bank teller, mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's going to be the most rewarding job anymore. anymore. And back then it was And like, back then hey, it was, he made it, he works in a bank and yeah. he's able to... He uh, can work with a computer, computer and, and he can do all these things. Numbers. It's the same thing, you know, back in the day... Women used to go and learn, and I sound, I'm just about to Here go. we go just again. Smart <laughs> by DX, but it was secretarial. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you know, but it's no longer secretarial anymore. What is it now? Now people, they, 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 we have PAs. Yeah, it's doctors, it's Do- engineers, yes. it's presidents, yes. y'all. Yeah. As in, uh, I'm saying, it's not even about the women, it's the education, the secretarial no longer exists. No one goes to oh, yeah. calculate how many that. how many minutes uh, you type, how many words you type in a minute. And yeah? Meeting minutes. And, and Those are you are able so to take dictation? <laughs> You're laughing by yourself. I am not partaking <laughs> this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, 
again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. But that, that's the evolution that we have. And now, secretaries are not secretaries. They are PAs and they are more accomplished. And there's a lot more that is required of them than just their ability to scribe notes in shorthand. And there's men doing this role. Yeah. Well, so. Imagine. Shout out. It's, it's become a different ball game altogether. And whatever we had as cultural or customary careers, mm. they've taken a spin. True. You know, being a lawyer was high and mighty. Yeah. If you don't spin it now. Hey, they still are. They're not learned friends. They are. But you see, most of them are just stamping. They're called what? Affidavits and oaths of something. Like, yeah, they were saying how to register a business. Lawyers used to make good money just registering businesses. But now... You do that on e-citizen. On e-citizen. That part of their business is automatically gone. Yeah. And I think as you listen to these guys, their quest is pretty um, uh, clear that they want to retool Africans the way they think or the way they look at the business sphere. And when they started now inviting leaders in different areas, you could see them bloom and you could actually... Feel now the juices flowing. I'm telling you, like you will just relate to almost each and every one yeah, of those easily. episodes. Yeah. So one of the ones that I really liked mm-hmm. is when they had Ben Aim from mm-hmm. Saudi Soul. Uh-huh. Is that how we pronounce his name? Ben Aim. Actually, in the show they say mm-hmm. Ben uh-huh. but I I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. I hope I didn't butcher that name. We do have a history here. Ben. <laughs> She just butchered your name, but it's okay. <laughs> Every new decade always requires us to do something that is different. Yeah? Mm-hmm. When I gave you the Facebook story of 2010 and how Facebook actually revolutionized how we interacted with our fans and our fan base. So even this new season now, uh, I think we are required to make the same paradigm shift mm-hmm. into the virtual space. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a good thing. It's a steep learning curve. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that by the time even Corona has ended, we'll have built such a strong virtual space like it'll now just complement what already used to be there mm. and we can build the virtual space of our business which is actually the future <laughs> but yeah it was so nice to listen to and he was like talking about virtual reality all right and how people can in future mm. if it's not already happening mm. attend concerts using virtual reality you know like you literally just put a gadget On and you have a front row experience seat, you know to a concert and you don't have your... to smell the sweat of everybody else nope. and you don't have to have weird men trying to yeah. say hi oh no grind on you or oh, weird women who just wanna you know yeah careful <laughs> I'm not about to follow that one. <laughs> but yes, it, honestly, and you see, I, I have to give it to COVID because it, like in our music industry, it was unheard of that you'd want to carry out a virtual concert. Mm-hmm. As in there was no one ever thought there was a way to monetize it and make worth. And I, in the same period that this happened, I know of a guy who started an outfit and it's called Studio Tisa that mm-hmm. has held concerts over the virtually that's amazing over covid and he's with like like um chris Good and martin money. said in this period that we're in there are many a business that are failing but there are many of them that are making and raking in loads and loads of money and we need to be able to retool and retune ourselves to so that we can program uh, we can get our positions right yeah. in such an adapt literally yeah. to whatever changing 
uh, um, trains are happening that are there. in the continent. So in the same breath, mm. they interview this CEO mm. for Twiga Feeds, ah, who was yeah. who's worked in Coca-Cola before. Mm. And he basically talks about the same thing where he says, don't, don't waste a good crisis. <laughs> so basically being in a pandemic is when crisis mode and a lot of things are happening that are totally unprecedented. Mm. And he says things like Coca-Cola mm -hmm. spreading towards the world yeah. was driven by the fact that there was World War II mm -hmm. and they needed to supply, you know, across the world to the different people who are deployed from the United States True. to everywhere. And this just, you know, puts things into perspectives and, you know, calls businesses to think outside the box and see how they can use this crisis to their advantage. No, I agree with you because on that very, very episode where we have Peter Njonjo, yeah, who's the CEO of uh, Twiga Foods, and he's actually speaking about agribusiness and agriculture as a source. And he says, you know, if you look at how agriculture was, uh, in Kenya, they kept on funding it back in the day. But now the funding has kept on going down and down and down. And he compares Kenya's industry to South Africa. And he says Kenyans are pretty much driven by the small-scale agribusiness. Mm -hmm. Your local mamamboga, you know, food that comes to Marikiti. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's driven, as in whatever we get onto our plates, essentially is driven by a small-scale Farmers, yeah. but he counters it and asks, "What if we actually adopted whatever is happening in South Africa, where we had the big supermarkets, the Tuskies, the Shoprites, um, all these big the Carrefours in Nairobi? If they were able to control and ask, you know, for produce directly from the Kenyan farmer, and it would allow Kenyan farmers now to unite, merge, and be able to deliver quality standards and give them a better platform for them to have." business yeah totally agree mm. and also when they they had this episode with the kenya airways mm. ceo yeah yeah Alan kilavuka that that dinner is difficult i hope i didn't butcher it yeah again, kilavuka i think i got it yeah, right yeah and basically his main point that he was driving is that what we need now is an agile approach to business mm. Because in totally unprecedented times, there's a lot of issues that we deal with mm. that we did not anticipate or prepare for. Mm. And therefore, we have to, you know, think on the spot, mm. come up with ideas, mm. do them. Sometimes we will fail because everything is completely unprecedented. Mm. But when we fail, we must learn to pick ourselves up and really think of the next best thing and carry it out. No, I agree. Because you see, I... I have read about the aviation industry a bit. And I remember a few years back, aviation was seen as a means for the rich. Mm -hmm. You know, taking a flight, going to Mombasa or going to Eldoret, wherever you were going to, it was not a fit for the ordinary Monainchi, yeah. per se. Yeah. It was driven by, you know... Business travel. Business travel. But travel. it has changed. If you look at the, the last maybe 10 years of... Kenyans' existence in aviation, you have seen the traveler has changed completely from just being the ordinary business traveler to the person who wants tourist, to go to Biani. Yeah. yeah. The local tourist. Yeah. And it's so or even going home to going see your home parents. to see your parents. You've realized you've realized that it can be affordable. And because of that necessity that there's a need that they were trying to answer, you know, if you look at how agile they had to adapt as Kenya is in acquiring 
uh, jumbo jet or in the 540 540s or yeah, safari, safari links as in they've given an other option and we never thought that you would get to a point where kenyan flights from nairobi to mombasa would get as low as 4000 yeah, shillings like amazing yeah but agility and necessity has made has it driven, very clear yeah. and very uh, has driven it to the point that now they are they're not a strange thing to think or imagine and they are there and they are available and now they're not just reliant heavily on the muzungu coming in from the west on a tourist yeah uh, you know venture or adventure mm-hmm. eh? but they want you the as local a local mwananchi yeah, yeah so to sell the product to the person in a way that they can afford mm. and they can use it at their yeah, at, at least now i can afford to take it to diani uh-huh guy <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, just like that, I have been turned down. Hey, my Diani plans, my friends, my grandeur, because every couple in in Kenya wants to go to Diani. Listen thought, here, Mister Diwai. Yeah, me, I'm into private jets. Why, 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 why? Yeah, I, no, that's why I'm being retooled. Watch it, we're retooled, Kwanza. Then I'll find out. Guys, I'm just proclaiming good things. I'm proclaiming good things, most of which I want to provide myself before you come for me. Oh yeah, but uh, what other episodes uh, stood out for you? Um, the other episodes that stood out for me mm. is an episode where they were just talking about data and how data is very important mm-hmm. in today's world mm-hmm. so basically they're saying how you know data is more valuable than gold right now true you know and how you know there's facebook mm-hmm. and twitter and instagram and mm-hmm. all these people and mm-hmm. really what this the business mm-hmm. is based on data mm-hmm. and data collection and how data sales and data them, yeah you know drive their business mm-hmm. and it just gets you thinking you know like if you watch that series on netflix mm. there's that uh, documentary mm. what is it called um i'll get the name but I'm netflix and chill right here now no <laughs> but basically it talks about <laughs> whenever you're consuming content or you're part of a mm. pat- platform mm. that you're not paying for mm. then you are the you're the product you're the product and you being I, a I product agree. and that is why it was such a I, i i had such a blast a few um, i think a month a few maybe a month or a couple of weeks ago when whatsapp changed their terms and conditions mm-hmm. and everyone and everyone was an apro and all kenyans being kenyans they are all over saying we've dumped you whatsapp we're going to telegram please and I, i was thinking you know it's there is it's, no it, there's a lot of folly anymore. in such statements because yep. the same companies even though they are not charged anyone that is if you go online and you download an app that is free whatever they're mining is not just their social con- um, data that's selling it's your data they're selling who you are literally on the internet or what are you likes that's why in a few months if uh, you know if you w- walk into your girlfriend's house and you start finding advertisements on on what yeah on uh, what back to where i was going <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's why i was going <laughs> but, but it should, yeah it, it, has, it is what they're selling yeah, they're selling how identity. you you talk about something and all yeah. of a sudden you just think oh i need a holiday and all of a sudden zanzibar is popping yeah, everywhere to your feed, to your feed. And, 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 and you know that tells you number one 
Google as an entity is always listening. It is. It really is. And we are feeding it with yeah. so much information. You know, times, uh, that's, it's very wrong for you to start thinking about other things and mouthing them. Eh? And then you start finding these things that you're wondering. No. But people should not be seeing these. Or, right? Yeah, I, I should not be, you know. First of all, uh, control your thinking. Yeah, because I cannot be thinking about Viagra. I cannot be thinking about Viagra. <laughs> Are you old? Are you tired? Are you a little pleasure? I don't pleasure? think Viagra advertises. <laughs> it's one of those things that if you need it, they really literally don't need advertising. Don't you you think, will find it. You will find it. Yeah. But do you think we, then we need to retool and find a way to sell um, Kobero? Hey, that thing, eh? Uh, Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the conviction in your voice. <laughs> no, I just oh. know. I've just heard about people who swear mm, by it. Yeah, oh. And to see those people walking mm. in traffic, mm. carrying that heavy stuff around. Yeah. They, they, There's a market. Be, yeah. There's there a market. There's a market and he must be really convinced that these goods are I, I don't know, everything. One of the things that has really impressed, impressed me with this uh, podcast is the, the, the idea of retooling is the idea of unlearning what we thought yeah. and learning new ways and means. You know, one of the biggest industries that I, I have recently come across was Mira. Mm-hmm. You know, for a long time, there was, there was the idea of Mira was you Pro boxes, pro boxes and, and driving and, very fast. Yeah, and you find people who are sat in a base or somewhere. Yeah. But now, there's Jabba juice. What's that? Mira juice. That you get the high without the chew. Yuck, first of all. No, like, is it but flavor? it is fucking brilliant. Is it flavor? I wouldn't know. Hey guys, can we yeah. talk for a minute yeah. about how Mira just like lingers <laughs> on the sides of your lips? That's like the most disgusting uh, thing look, ever. But have you not met girls that do it? Yuck. They do. I mean, it's a free world. It it's is. It's a fair world. Yeah. Uh, what a man can do, a woman can do better. So, <laughs> y'all eat whatever you want. I wouldn't say it's ladylike, but who am I I have say? ideas I would, I would definitely want to give to DX off the mic. <laughs> Let's y'all come for me currently. <laughs> but yes, as in, oh, Muratina. Yeah, the other weekend we were the other week we were discussing about Martina. Martina Gemi. Yeah, in the Martina Gemi podcast. But there's someone who's actually now packing and selling and commercialized Muratina. And mm. it is our very own. If you go to the West, if you travel, if you've traveled the way DX has traveled, gosh. My Stop. God. Six passports. <laughs> but if you have traveled as vastly traveled as she is, you've come across different people have appreciation for moonshine from their countries. Eh? Yeah. I remember in one of my travels, I was introduced to moonshine. I don't know what moonshine is in Kenya. Changa. It's changa. It's changa. But they've done it in such a proper way eh, that it's packed, it's in bottles, and I'll actually even drop a pic on the, on the, on the, the description page. box and on the description page. Yeah. I will ensure because it, it made me think these are people who have learned and retooled themselves that it's not just negative and because they are trying to define themselves. And it makes me uh, makes me think of one of the episodes that was there by um, a lady by the name Roseanne, mm-hmm. who now speaks as uh, she's a communications specialist. 
that is the digital wave right. that's cutting across the continent. Kenya, one of the leaders, mm-hmm. um, well, the kings generally. Um, I, this is an acronym I heard recently by a real techie. So king, the kings. Uh, is that uh, Kenya, Nigeria, and who? Kenya, Ivory Coast, Nigeria, Ghana, and Senegal. Right. Uh-huh. So you guys are the five leading nations, mm-hmm. African nations, when it comes to tech. Right. Um, according to according to the guy I met the other day. He's uh, right. He's right. Yeah, he's right. He's right. <laughs> no, no. With Kenya, you see. Yeah, exactly. It starts with Kenya. I know, and and it's true. Like yeah. for me, the technocrat community in Kenya is so impressive. It's, it's vibrant. So and yeah. yeah, and I know for a fact that Silicon Valley are paying very close attention mm. to. And as a communication specialist, she keeps on thinking. What is the narrative when you hear brand, you know, we've always known of made in Kenya, made in China, yeah, made in UK, Bangladesh, made in Bangladesh. As in, when you hear of made in UK, what comes to your mind? You have a standard that you Quality. anticipate. But when you hear made in Kenya, do we really even have a photo of an imagination of what comes through there? Because that and is what made- we need awesomeness I agree but we don't get to see that because we don't sell our products and that is where we need to adopt and get to a point where whether it's moonshine or whether it's our leather products or whether it's our restaurants and our food and whatever it is that we are producing what comes to mind we need to become a brand as a country that when you hear made in Kenya it rubber stamps an authority of speciality that's good like te- on the same thought, mm. tell us what you think about made in Java food. Oh, yeah, it was brilliant. I, I, I like the way you just segued into that hey. one. <laughs> but honestly, because the I, I listened to the commercial director, uh, a lady called Catherine, I think. Yeah. Uh, and she described how, you know, for many years, Java was easy and it was Western-esque. Uh, and you know, we always thought that the more you know, the filet mignons that you're selling, oui, oui. or you know, the ratatouille, I don't know what that <laughs> is, <laughs> the more successful you'd be. And she describes how the evolution has taken place, and they found themselves in a position where they, they appreciate having Kenyan esque foods, the nyamachomas, the Ugalian sukuma. Samosa. Samosa oh, are to huge. die for. For 120 shillings. Oh my word. As in they're worth every little bit of it. And you know, there are those things that now we, they, they've become, they created a niche for themselves. And this lady comes out and tells us about, um, speaks about how, whenever they served you coffee, you know, you go and order, I don't know what's your favorite. Dawa. Oh, guy. Dawa. They, they I'm a dawa girl. They can't give you cookies with dawa. I know. It doesn't but work. But if I was to take you out for a coffee date, what coffee would you order? I'd order juice. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Either dawa or a juice. I'm just ladies so and, not, ladies I'm not and gentlemen. Person, can we pray for her? Because yeah, yeah, we need to pray for her. Proceed with it. But you see, she says they would give you a, a cookie mm-hmm. on your saucer yeah. with every coffee they served, and they found a way to adapt in these COVID times that you could actually pack because there was a liking for that cookie Mm -hmm. that people now were asking for it and they moved it not just from their shelves in in their retail outlets but into supermarkets or I never knew Kenyans like granola yeah everyone likes granola I prefer porridge Granola, not the same, but okay. Yeah, Whatever but, rocks but you see, yeah, but you see, that's the thing. She she describes how 
from the cookies, they've been able to move to granola. But all the while, all we know of Java is a coffee house. Yeah. And they're saying with the COVID pandemic, they've had to think outside the, the, box. the box and see how can we meet our customers when they cannot get to us. You know, so let's put the granola on the shelves next to them mm-hmm. in a supermarket close to you mm-hmm. and the cookies right there and the coffee right there so that now you can always think about them and you'll have a you know their memory of java will not go away and they've created spaces for deliveries and speaking of those deliveries covid has taught us and has has built the small smes mm-hmm. and they they captured it when they were discussing with a gentleman called jaram winamo oh yeah yeah and they're saying yeah. you know you can see the rise in delivery services the Glovos, the um, Sandys. Sandys, and um, there's this other one for, see, you know, one of the things, because Kenyans love their liquor. As is, if there's a, if there's a space that is chupa growing, chup, there's Chupa Chup, there's, there are so many deliveries for Zemvino, mm-hmm. eh? because Kenyans and they can drinks. <laughs> Same was up. But you see, that has taught us during this pandemic. Yeah. And uh, what, the one thing uh, I'm led to think or ask you, DX, what do you think is the message that we need to learn from a pandemic of this magnitude? Uh, one is about looking inwards. Mm-hmm. You know, like what really matters. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, everything that we were chasing out there mm-hmm. like turned out not to be so mm-hmm. important in mm-hmm. the greater scheme of things mm-hmm. so it was more like you know you used to wake up and mm-hmm. you're trying to get to the club be with your friends mm-hmm. or you're trying to go to the gym and all that mm-hmm. and you were too busy mm-hmm. doing too much mm-hmm. but at the end of the day what really matters is i do have family what do they think about you? Are you connected with your friends? How do you feel about yourself? So, like, it's just about this pandemic, especially mm-hmm. for me, has just been so much about connection mm-hmm. and the value that social connections play in your life and mm-hmm. your well-being in general. Brilliant, because you see, I, I want to discuss the episode about with uh, they did with Caroline Mutoko, for instance. Uh, and you, you see, because... She didn't start her YouTube channel now during the pandemic, but she brings out something that you can be at the top of your game. Mm. Uh, like, you know, most of most guys perhaps were in spheres where they could have control. There were enough broadcasters, whoever's, that were doing a good job in their sphere, in mm-hmm. the sphere before pre-COVID. Yeah. And COVID came, alas. Oh, no, no work. No work. And we had to finally look inward. How can we whatever careers you are in, how can you internalize them and be able to create a product that can be done without um, old school means of... Yeah, like with social distancing, mm. like using technology. Mm. How do we reinvent ourselves? Yeah. And, and, you know, the reason why I bring Carolyn Mutoko's episode because Carolyn Mutoko said, everyone, and I like the way she phrased it, she said... Um, Everyone wakes up at about 2 to that in the morning, in the mm. night, the middle of the night, to go and drink water or something. And if you don't, Mungu akusamehe. Because yeah, I do not. Ya mungu, These are kabisa. ungodly hours. But she put it this way. They, they are, they are the part of the night that you feel, you know, in the dead, the break of dawn. 
and you'll find yourself awake and you're either going to catch Maji or you're having a clarity of thought. And the, he, she likened it to the religious people. She said to Islam, she says the portal to heaven is opened. At 3 a.m.? Yes. Mm. And, you know, to Christianity, they say at that point, that is where, you know... Evil and good. They're at max. Yep. And you're able to, you know, either beat and win and yeah. communicate. And she, she said... What is that that is coming across to you at that hour? What What is that thing that you're afraid of becoming or creating when it comes to your business sense? Because at that moment, those ideas that you have that keep on pro propping and you know pressing on you, those are the things that we need to now actualize at this moment because they transpose um, sustenance. To your life, yeah. As in they transpose beyond employment mm -hmm. that it's not just driven because we need to find africa needs to find an identity when it comes to their um, passions yeah. and build around those things and you know like she says when she left she realized she she cannot say like she says she cannot give up another big up to rihanna that hey this is 7.30 it is 7 30 in the morning and coming up next is Rihanna with her new song. And she got tired of that normalcy. And she questioned, for us Africans, when do we, because we are so conditioned to structured employment. And when do we get to that point that now we start being the employers and not the employees? Because that is where we will find our success. You know, Spotify coming to Kenya is brilliant. Amazing. But it's an artifact of the West. How long do we need to wait for the West to do something for us so to adopt it, it yeah. before we decide that we need space for this? Mic drop. It, no, it's, uh, it's just one I, of those things. I think, and I was, I was like, wow. And perhaps that's the reason why you and I are breaking from our traditional employment. And yeah, it's getting time to do. just think about Think outside the box. Yeah. Explore our passions and, and, and yeah. our talents. And she says, you know, if you want to buy a VWT grain, mm. you know, <laughs> all the cars that you see, all the cars that you're going to see on the road, for every three cars you see, True. two of them are Tigwain. Law of attraction. Yeah. yeah. And that is what we need to adopt. Because if you want to do something, and it's a, it's a call to action to our young guys, yeah. rather than think about traditional employment mm -hmm. and that, that is the basis of this the retooled african, african retooled retool other than thinking about traditional employment, employment. what is it that what can, can we actually what can we anticipate and place the law of attraction to yeah. what are those things that you're passionate about mm. that you can go for and anticipate and only change. you can do and it only you can deliver are so like fine many things people can do mm. but only you can do it the way you do it true and so that's why people should really explore their talents and what they're passionate about because what they bring to the table has the uniqueness that only they carry yeah and you see that that's a, that is my one of the greatest things i've taken out out of this african retool podcast mm -hmm. they are so driven to thinking uh, or bringing out these other aspects. And that is why they've hosted a different array of um, leaders. leaders you know, people. from social media. Yeah, to artists. To, to the time they had Edith Kimani. Yeah. Love yeah. that episode. I also loved it. First of all, Edith, yeah. if you're free for a drink, hit me up. Because amazing mind. Very well spoken. Good ideas. That was a very good episode. And I just really liked what she said about... Wait. 
I cannot miss that opportunity. He, he did. Whatever she has said, I'm saying it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's a brilliant mind, honestly. The case against the Mau Mau, fantastic podcast by Radio Lab, who followed essentially how these people who were asking the British government to recognize them and apologize, how they ended up in court. And it all boils down without ruining the podcast to a receipt. And that receipt has led people to demand that the British government release acres and acres of documents that they have on Kenya. And if you want to know how important information is, the British government has then gone ahead and said, we're going to do it, but we have to redact it. A process that might take 700 years. Wow. <laughs> what is it that they have that is so scary? Mm. They would rather take all the hoops and make us jump through. For, for what? Mm. What don't we know? How could it affect us and change us? Mm. Yeah, so she talks about Radio Lab mm. and how it's uh, brought, you know, into the limelight how what Mau Mau went through and what that was about. Mm. And I especially liked how you know, they realized that the BBC or, you know, some station in London had footage. BBC? Yeah. They, they had have footage, footage from back. Before we before, knew you were Kenya. Yeah, colonization <laughs> times. And they said, you know, when asked for that footage, they said it will take some time to... 700 years. Can you imagine, you know, they said, number one, they, they said yes. We are willing to give you because they went to court yeah. and they were given grant. They were given, granted the access, but they said, as BBC, we need to redact for seven hundred the information years. out of there, whatever dossiers they have, and it will take them a period of seven hundred. Do you know what the fuck do they need to redact? Like what? Are as you as so if, what are they? And, and that is what I realize. There's so much that we live through today. Or what we call our um, current normal. Mm -hmm. That is not really the truth. It's not. It's we like have lived a life. been fed from the West. True. And, you know, it's like it's somewhere. It's caught in camera, in <sighs> tape or whatever, somewhere. Uh, and we just don't have access to it. Completely. And, you know, it's a shocker because one of the episodes I told you about Roseanne. So, um, Roseanne, she's a Sudani, Briti British Sudani. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she says pre-2001, the, you know, what was it called? British Army? No, the bombing in America. 9-11. Pre-9-11, the idea of the Muslim or the um, Arabic person yeah. was very different. Yeah. And if you look at post-9-11, the narrative has completely changed. changed. How media houses speak Watch about it. or portray the... An Arabic person is very different. And that tells you how, how much power we have in history. And, you know, because, you know, she's, she says she grew up in the UK and Ye Yemen and whatever war happened there. And when she was there, she was going back to the UK. She went back to the UK. She traveled to Sudan every year because mm -hmm. the father made it uh, a, a must that they traveled to the Sudan and should go back. Post 9-11, post should hear how they report about, you know, Africa yeah. and the fucking Middle East. And they're not portraying. They're not portraying. And Ash is like, you know, me, I go to Sudan every other year. And it's not. I don't see these people as though they are. They are horrible or they you are. You know, in, in our pain. very own backyard, mm. it's the same way we, 
you know, portray the Somali mm. post Al Shabaab attacks. True. Yeah, so it's it's weird, but but the thing is like people need to move away from stereotyping. Very you very know, true. like granted things happen and it was perpetrated by a certain person mm. but you need to realize mm. the extremism mm. in the action mm. and not stereotype an entire religion demographic. or demographic because mm. of the perpetrators mm. of something yeah you know the talk that tall, dark and handsome people like me, we are tired of being stereotyped. Mm. You know, as being the source of all the pleasures <laughs> in this world. We, we, we want to share it with the short ones. Oh, it for must instance. be hard for you. Yeah, it is very, very demanding. I feel your pain. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> but yes, as in Africa, as a continent, it's a, it has come to a point we need to retool our view of not just in... You know, we keep on calling for political change. Yeah. But we need to look at, you know, advancement in business and in entrepreneurship, in careers. And we need to rethink what we've always known. And, you know, um, as we try and wrap this up, yeah. one of the things that I loved about Karen Motuko's episode, she said, we always, it's very easy to say, I'm unlearning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to unlearn, means you get rid of whatever you knew and you become a completely different person. person. And, you know, I've seen it with the feminist movement currently going through in Kenya. Yeah. We keep calling for people to unlearn the reasons for gender-based... Patriarchy. Yeah, patriarchy and gender-based violence, mm. matriarchy, all these things. But what does it really mean to unlearn? Do we really grasp the concept it means to question your thoughts as in to be able to forget that you know whatever you thought a woman was or a man was or what their roles were supposed to be we forget about those ones and we make a a new concept of what it means to be based on today's based on our necessities today and for us to be if you're going to be a successful continent as africa it is paramount that we challenge the way we think. It is paramount that we unlearn the ways, not our cultures, but the way we've done business traditionally. Yeah. That we and need, even interacted yeah. on a very human level. True. Yeah. We need to be able to, you know, put to test our beliefs and be able to question and say, what is important? I agree. What do we need to achieve? And to all our listeners who are out there, it, if, if, if there's a reason for you to be able to listen to these guys, simply because they are able to ask that question. Yeah. What can we change? Yeah. And they are well positioned in positions of HR where they deal not just with the business, but with the people. Yeah. They're able to interact and they're able to notice that there's a lot more for us to change and become as Africa. And we're not the dark continent. We so not. We are so we're lit. Not you should see me after three. We are lit people. Yeah, you should see me after three whiskeys. Okay. And Edith Kimani uh, mm. alludes to the fact that during one of her conversations, mm. she mentions that um, in the year 2050, I'm not sure, you mm. have to listen to mm, African Retool mm. to understand but she says that in that year, 2050, every two in four people will be African or have African descent in them. So, people, 
Let's light up the globe. Brilliant. Work. If I would put it in another way, <laughs> if there are two to four people would be African. Yeah. Pantambego. Stop. <laughs> Guys. Kuwa Mukulima. In the wise words of Nviri, Kila Mntu na... This is not... No, we're not propagating that. We are propagating the... Yeah, the good things in life. Yeah, change the, change, narrative, change the narrative. Choose to challenge. True, true, true. Be African at the core. True. And be part of the Africans that are keeping the continent lit. Yeah, as in be the spark, be the fire, be the light post that leads us and the next generation into greatness. Yep. Yeah. And that's us signing off. Bow, bow, bow. And it's a wrap. See you. See you and deuces and get to listen to. Oh, and a big shout out to Matilda and Gemi. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very, very much. We for appreciate your for your response. Do and tell us your thoughts on female circumcision. We are still I'm waiting. Yeah. To know. We are still waiting. Yeah, we are very akin. Yeah. We are akin to know. Akin. Oh, oh, oh. Akin. That's a choma. That's not a. It's him to a. It's him to a private school. It's him to a. You know, police station. Police station. But yes, we are very keen to know what happened and what um, what was the reasons for female genital mutilation. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>